0: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to have Allie Bjork, a digital strategist and business coach here with us. Allie, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Listeners, you know, it's positive productivity, not perfection. This is take two <laughs> because uh, just a couple of minutes ago we were starting and yeah, uh, my recording software was off. Welcome to another day of positive productivity. <laughs> Ellie, I would love if
1: you would share what you do and what your journey has been to bring you here with the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, I am working as a digital strategist and business coach. So, mostly working with entrepreneurs to help set up their Facebook ads and their sales funnels and really empower them to know that the tech behind them and, you know, all the strategy is totally learnable and a lot of people get intimidated or, you know, think they can't do this for themselves, but I work with a lot of mamas and a lot of female entrepreneurs. So it's been really rewarding to help people grow their businesses in this way. And we really focus on relationship building. And I refer to it as like a trust funnel instead of just a sales funnel, because you're taking a potential client through a journey. So that's, that's what I'm doing right now. It's really evolved over time. I started about five years ago, as owning my own marketing agency. And then pivoted and then started doing just digital strategy services for like running the Facebook ads for people and then I discovered this whole world of Facebook groups which totally blew my mind that there were other female entrepreneurs doing exactly what I was doing because up to this point I had only been working locally and with a lot of older males you know I didn't realize that my people were <laughs> were out there and very reachable so since discovering that it's totally changed my business and my world. And now I'm working directly with those business owners. So it's been really inspirational and a, a cool journey to, to see and get to help other people build their businesses too.
0: I love so many things that you just said, <laughs> including you.
1: finding your people.
0: Like I didn't yeah. even know that I had people right when I started my business. I was just saying yes to everybody. Yeah. Don't do that listeners. No. <laughs> I mean, burnout, stress, lack of passion for what you're doing. Chasing income is not the way to go. Mm
1: -mm.
0: Facebook groups. Yes. I was blown away by that as well. However, I did realize that you have to be careful because you can easily get sucked in. Yes. And and also be sucked into comparison syndrome. Mm -hmm. I might have just made that up. Or maybe yeah. not. But I mean we it's not healthy for to sure. constantly be comparing ourselves to the successes that others are saying that they're having. Right. Or chasing their successes. Because we have to know what our own why is. I do have a question about Facebook groups for you. Do you yeah. recommend that your clients have a group of their own or does it depend on the client? I would love your thoughts on that.
1: I think it depends on the client and what their goals are. You know, if they if they have goals of reaching a broader audience and, you know, maybe selling courses or doing doing more passive income products, I think it's a really good option. It's the way that we're marketing online is changing a lot in that you're gonna, I think, see a lot more of like messenger bots and those type of things where you're doing the personal touches on Facebook versus email marketing. So it's kind of another way to build a list of people that are interested in working with you. But, you know, if you it does take a lot of talking to yourself basically in the beginning and, you know, showing up consistently. So if that's not something that you want to do or doesn't serve you in your business, then I wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, if you're, if you're in it for the long game of building up more and more engagement, then, then I think it's a good idea for everybody and I, for now. I mean, that could change. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's always changing.
0: And to listeners who are part of the positive productivity group on Facebook, this is something that I've personally struggled with is focusing my time and remembering to go in and post because we're all trying mm-hmm. to do so much. I mean, sometimes I wonder if I would be better just not having the group because I'm not in there. Yeah. But I'm hoping that it will build up
1: and, you know, people will start conversations on their own, but there has to be that mm-hmm. effort. So. hmm. And I've noticed that, or I've heard from a lot of people too, that they're, they're spending more time in the smaller groups versus like the, the groups with 30 or 40,000 people, because those groups just, they, they don't feel very relationship oriented or like, you know, it's not a community where we're all in it for helping each other. It seems like the bigger, the bigger the community, it's like it almost flips a switch where it's just about other people promoting versus, you know, helping. So I think smaller is better. You don't need to feel nobody needs to feel bad if they only have, you know, a hundred or 200 or anything. It's just starting conversations. And, and I've actually gotten away from doing like the, Oh, it's mindset Monday or it's um, tip Tuesday or something like I'm starting to try to do shorter posts and more engagement, like asking people, you know, personal, not personal, personal, but things like, you know, what's your favorite color or what does this quote mean to you? Things like that, are more relationship building versus just talking at them, and I've noticed the difference from doing that too even in the last couple of weeks.
0: Have you noticed a trend as well about people being a lot more transparent and authentic in Facebook groups, especially well to me, it feels like in the past six months or so,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely in some groups in some it still feels like the I made hundred and fifty k in one week type <laughs> messaging, which you know is. That can cause the comparison and imposter syndrome and all of that.
0: As an entrepreneur myself, I would like to think, and listeners and you too, Allie, if you ever (laughs) see me put up a post like that, (laughs) come give me a virtual Slack, please. Yeah. I mean, I I do digital marketing for, for clients as well, but this is not about me. This is about you. But what I want to share is how to get results and how to impact and not necessarily the income? I mean, how do you share your message and get your message out to the world in a way that people are going to see it? And where do you go? Are you finding, and I really don't want to date stamp this episode, (laughs) but I'm just curious, are you finding any less success? In Facebook groups? Facebook groups, Facebook ads, Facebook pages, because of the political climate, especially in America right now?
1: I think maybe that where people are just they're feeling they're falling out of love with using Facebook in general, just because there was so much negativity recently that I think a lot of people just kind of signed out for a while. But there's also a lot more competition too, apart from, you know, anything that's going on in the world, there are just more people running Facebook ads and more people starting their own groups. And I think it's probably on the tail end of this type of stuff working for marketing your business. But as long as my main focus is building the relationships with people first. So if someone if I'm posting something in another Facebook group, always making sure to, you know, follow up with anyone that comments and and chatting with them and just human to human versus business to business. And I think that's what's really working because we are so inundated with marketing messages and you know, posts all the time on Facebook and ads everywhere that people are really craving that connection with someone.
0: What would you say is the top piece of advice that you would have for any business on Facebook or maybe for your people, I should say, Allie, who are your people? Who would you, could you share again who your people are?
1: Yeah. So service-based businesses and and coaches. And I primarily work with women, but I, I'd work with men a little bit too.
0: Okay. So for service-based businesses and coaches, what would be your number one piece of Facebook advice?
1: Don't be afraid of private messaging people. Just even to start out conversationally and say hi and get to know them. Another thing that has worked really well is doing like coffee chat type connection calls, where they're not pitching you on anything, you're not pitching them on anything, you're just genuinely getting to know them as a person. And finding out what they're all about and talking a little bit more about what challenges they have. And and being transparent on a call like that, you're building a relationship where they feel like they know you even after a 20-minute coffee chat. And then they're referring, now that they've learned what you do, they're like, oh, she's a designer. I saw a post where someone's looking for a designer. I'm going to refer business to her because we really connected on this coffee chat. So it's like a very organic, relationship based way to grow your business, but also be able to build community and support other people too, because now you know what they do and you can refer back and forth. So it's kind of like the old in-person networking event where you're, you're chatting in person and you're shaking hands and you're eyeball to eyeball that, that stuff worked really well for a reason, but being online, it totally changes the game in that you, you can't easily get a feel for somebody who they are as a person just by their, their posts in a group.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I love that. I call it virtual coffee. Yeah. And I've been using it. I've been personally using it over on LinkedIn. Oh, I send out a connection request. I I know we're talking about Facebook, but listeners, when you're sending out a connection request on LinkedIn, please personalize it. Like don't (laughs) use the, I accidentally sent out one of those, uh, cut and paste, not cut and paste, uh, the standard Skype invitations earlier today. And I just cringed because I did not <laughs> like to just send out the, Hey, you know, username here. I'd love to connect with you. And it's the same on LinkedIn. Like let them know that you took the time to look at their profile and then send it out. Right. But then in, after they connect, I'll send out a, a message that invites them to have virtual coffee. And it's not at all. Like there's nothing spammy in it. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to sell on services. And the same thing for Facebook is... Get yeah. Together for coffee, and don't please don't like try to <laughs> sell them
1: your stuff right away. Yeah, don't abuse it. It's just a good opportunity to get to know people. I think of it as like um, how to win friends and influence people, mm-hmm. that book by Dale Carnegie, and it's just taking all of the elements that he wrote. Was it like eighty years ago or something? But just how to like show people you appreciate them, and you know how to win friends, basically. You just take some of those same principles and apply it to today's tech world where, you know, you're, you're actively listening and not making it all about you and not trying to jump into a sale right away or propose marriage on the first date. (laughs) It's, it's about like genuinely organically caring about people instead of just selling whatever you, you want to sell in your business.
0: Right. We don't do business in Vegas. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> the, I mean, we could do business in Vegas, but no, you don't just meet somebody and get married on the Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. it could have come out like all wrong, <laughs> but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Right. What are the, some of the systems that you have in place in your business that help you manage everything that you have going on?
1: I... Speaking of Facebook, have installed that Chrome extension called Facebook Feed Eradicator. Have you heard about that one? I have not. <laughs> it like wipes out your, your Facebook news feed. So anytime that you try to log on Facebook, it gives you a, an inspirational quote about time, basically. <laughs> That's so, awesome.
0: <laughs> yes. I think so, I actually need to put that on my husband's computer.
1: Yes. So every time you try to log on, and I was finding myself after I downloaded it or added it to Chrome, I would... I would go to Facebook just randomly. Like why am I doing this? This is not effective use of my time. This, you know, I would be checking like, oh, did anyone send me a message or are any clients needing anything? Like right now it says our truest life is when we are in dreams awake. Like it's just something that reminds you to take advantage of every second you have available in life to enjoy it and don't get sucked into, you know, mindlessly scrolling, scrolling.
0: it's so so easy. I mean, it's so tremendously easy to get sucked into the scrolling.
1: Yeah. So that's one system that's helped helped me. Another thing that's helped me is only checking my email twice a day. So once in the morning when I am present and ready to respond to everything, whereas before I had it on my phone, and I was checking it, you know, on the treadmill at the gym, and then I'd say, "Oh, I'll respond to that later. But then I was forgetting things. And I wasn't I was putting so much pressure on myself to have a perfect response that I wanted to sit down and do it. And then it would be, it wouldn't be new anymore. So then I'd miss it. And I am totally a work in progress. I am like a, what will be, will be type personality. And I've had to work really hard to create systems and hire people to help me create systems because otherwise I was a little bit too free spirited business wise and it doesn't always help. (laughs) How many tabs do you have open on your browser right now? (laughs) I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Um, Probably like 15, maybe 20. Yeah, probably 20. Oh, by the way, I I am not one to criticize
0: on that because (laughs) even (laughs) though this is positive productivity, I think last night I I literally had to restart my computer just to force Chrome to quit because I locked it up with like 35 tabs. Oh, no. That is not the way to go, folks. Right. One tab has been awesome for me, though.
1: Is that your mission now?
0: Oh no, I mean it's actually you... it's a it's an extension for Chrome. Oh, and it might okay. be available for other browsers. But what you do is you just push this little icon in the where all those little extension icons are, yep. and it will compress all of your open tabs into a list on one tab. So oh, what I was finding amazing. was that. I was keeping tabs open until I could get to them, right? mm-hmm. yep. but that's where you wind up with 35 open tabs <laughs> in four different windows yep. each, right? So yeah. now I just compress it all down. Chances are, I forget about it. And if that's the case, then I really didn't need to be looking at it in the first place.
1: Yes, that's but true.
0: My goal is three tabs. However, right now, one, two, I have seven plus my one tab tab.
1: Yeah, that's not too bad.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. I mean, my email really doesn't need to be open because I, like you, have been trying to, I have escaped the slavery of my email, but I'm still probably three or four times a day. And I don't check on my, I don't check on my email. I don't know why I'm not about to start though. I might just uninstall it. It's just... It amazes me how that's how most emails are read is, I think, what I heard. But I, yeah no, I just don't. That's what smart. other tools do you use?
1: Um, I use Trello a lot. I'm a really big fan of Trello. And I've actually rearranged my phone home screen so that Trello is where my email used to be. <laughs> so that I'm focusing on being productive instead of just going through emails so just keeping track of client to-dos and Trello and, you know, I have like a meal planning board for my family and like an event board for my family. So just, just keeping everything in one place has really helped a lot too.
0: I do have to go back to the meal
1: planning. Oh, How yes. How
0: far in advance do you go out?
1: Um, I try to do a month at a time.
0: Wow. Try. <laughs> How many trips to the grocery store does somebody in your house make?
1: Um, We usually go... My husband and I will try to go together once, but it's usually once or twice a week for, like, fresh produce and stuff. But I wish it was less, especially with with three kids until.
0: Right. No, I completely hear that. And even at two or three times a week, you're better off than me because. What do you do? I don't plan. I need to get better <laughs> about planning. And then it becomes the battle of. I know listeners, this is not at all positive productivity. But seriously, <laughs> I realize that by not planning in advance, I'm in my opinion, I'm wasting twenty minutes a day trying to find a parking spot, especially oh, when yeah. I'm driving the, the man van. Yeah. Right? Because it takes me like six times driving or, you know, backing up and <laughs> going forward right. just to yep. get it parked so I'm not parking on somebody.
1: I'm yeah. Just lucky
0: I haven't hit anybody yet. Uh, anyway. <laughs> We have click lists at our
1: Kroger here. Oh, okay.
0: And but the problem is, is that every time I go to order, I need groceries that day, and I forget that they don't do same day. That you can just go pick up your groceries. It's usually oh. the next day or two days later. But in full disclosure, I usually wait till Saturday to do it, which is probably not the best idea either. <laughs> right. But I would love to at least plan out a week in advance.
1: Yeah. It helps a lot. I just found myself being so stressed at dinner time. Like, I have to feed these kids again. <laughs> like, what <laughs> What am I going to feed them? And trying to figure out a meal and what did I have on hand? And it just, it got to be too stressful that it was just one area that I could take care of that would make it less, less stressful.
0: Allie, one of my morning goals is to have the littles dressed and ready to go so that I can get them to daycare by the time they stop serving breakfast (laughs) because that alone like frees up so much bandwidth and yeah we they have a cup of milk and a bowl of dry cereal at home because or or else it would just be a disaster but every single day at home that they eat breakfast at home there is a bowl of spilled dry cereal somewhere every morning yeah every single morning (laughs) So if we just get them out of here for breakfast, then great. To all of you moms, oh, um, Kat has joined the podcast. Uh, To all the moms who run your business with kids at home, bravo to you. I would just be completely without sanity if I tried to do it. But I am not knocking whatever you do that allows you to keep it together. So actually, I would love your comments on that if you want to come over to kimsutton.com forward slash pp140 or where, where, where blooper <laughs> um, where you'll be able to find the show notes in full transcription and all the links that we talk about on this episode Ellie do you have any type of routine built into your day?
1: Yes otherwise I would struggle um, <laughs> so a uh, similar situation in the morning where we have a bowl of cereal and its I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-month-old. So the five-year-old and the two-year-old are fighting over what color bowl they get. They're generally spilling milk at some point. <laughs> like, that's usually the morning routine. Um, and I do, I do three days a week of daycare for my two-year-old, and then my five-month-old is with me during the day, unless she's with a sitter if I have um, like a client call or something. So I get them either to daycare or preschool and then I go to a workout class at the gym for about two hours and then I come home and um, I usually work, you know, in the late morning and mid afternoon and then call quits and hang out with the kids from about five to seven thirty when they go to bed. So it's pretty, pretty similar every single day, Thursdays are a little bit different um i try to take some time off during the week so that i can just be mom so i keep my try to keep my work days to monday tuesday and wednesday so those days are a little more you know depending on if how the weather is if we go play at the park or those type of things but we always hit the workout class in the morning because the, I get very crabby if I don't get my workout in. <laughs> I've just learned that it's more like a mental clarity thing than anything else, that I just need like an hour or two hours of being in the gym, and then I can keep other things afloat. But it's, it's very go, go, go. Right now, I have a, with a nursing five-month-old, if I need to drop her off at the sitter right after the gym, then I'm like pumping in the car, and it's just like making use of every minute possible just to keep everything afloat. And, you know, it's definitely a a juggling act when you're running a business and wanting to be mom part-time, not part-time, but, you know, be, have your mom days and your work days and just making sure all your clients are happy and your kids are happy and your house is somewhat clean and your husband's happy. Like it's a lot of organization keeping it all going.
0: Oh, it definitely is. And I have to say, I have to give my older kids great credit for helping keep the house going that's awesome because i mean they've got chores they want stuff they get chores yeah and how old are they 11 and 14 okay so the laundry and the dishes get done without me having to hire out or do it myself yep which is absolutely amazing and i did try to have the the twins when they were born home with me and work but No joke, there was one client that every time they would call, Mm. one of the twins would start screaming. It was always the same one. (laughs) Oh, no. So, yeah, um, I I gave it an effort.
1: Yeah. I saw a time-lapse video that someone posted in a Facebook group, and she was working on a computer, and she had, like, a two-year-old and a four-year-old that were, like, climbing all over her. And the time-lapse was probably... A minute long, but it was amazing, like how how focused she was on working and the kids are like sitting on her head and they're pulling her hair and they're like asking her to get a snack for them. And like the time lapse just cracked me up because I can completely relate. Like we have tried pretty much every situation possible for childcare. Like I've tried keeping them home full time and I found that I'm not I'm, I'm not as good at work as I would like to be and I'm not as good at mommy as I would like to be when I try to combine them. And we've done daycare centers or daycare um in home daycares or nannies. Like we've tried everything and now, you know, you kinda of settle on what's working until it stops working. Oh trying a new solution. Agree
0: Yeah. And we <laughs> right. we've tried everything and we're actually in between or looking for a new daycare right now just because mm-hmm. things happen. But mm-hmm. um no, I, I think the final straw with us having them at home was I was trying to focus and my oldest of the youngest managed to find a brand new carton of eggs and crack it on the kitchen floor. The whole yeah. complete dozen. Oh, no. So I mean it's amazing I find the difference. Yes, they are very quick. But as moms, <laughs> I think we are especially great sometimes at really focusing in on what we're trying to doing trying to do. I mean multitasking isn't necessarily something that we should be doing all the time, but when we McDonald's toys gotta love them. Except <laughs> My when kid they... has the same one. Except yeah. when
1: they... <laughs> sing.
0: Yes, I thought I turned the ball off this yep. morning. <laughs> Listeners, positive productivity. <laughs> Where we get accompaniment by uh, McDonald's yeah. Happy Meal toys? <laughs> because mom was too busy to go to the grocery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um I love it. Yeah, no, but you know, we find that we can be focusing on what we're doing it, whereas I love them, but my husband cannot focus when there is just chaos going on with the kids in the background. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good thing because I can focus and sometimes I get focusing so much that things like a whole carton of eggs
1: Gets cracked out on the kitchen floor because I did before hear you realize it. what's happening, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, Lisa wasn't anything dangerous.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. I I hear, I hear the danger. I don't know. I I hear that. But, yeah, <laughs> but Selective hearing. yes, exactly, Mama, Mama, Mama. No, I I can. Yes, Um, that has been a transition though as well because I was working nights and weekends way too much and I Mm -hmm. finally started reclaiming that. Was that something that you had to work on as well?
1: Yes, and still working on it.
0: (laughs) Do you have a team, Allie?
1: I do, which has been an immense help.
0: What was the first team member that you hired?
1: Um, I hired, well, I hired a coach to help me just see some of the things that I was missing in growing my business. Um, You know, helping me that saying like, you can't see the forest for the trees, like helping me find some of my blind spots and different ways that I could work being a busy mama and wanting, like being very driven to grow my business. Like how can I do both at the same time? So I hired a coach um, and then she suggested hiring an online business manager. So the, the woman that I hired has a group of virtual assistants under her. So she keeps everything like rolling for me online and being visible and helping me set up like different sales pages when I'm watching something. And, you know, she like, I, I get to be the overall idea maker and showing up for, you know, my brand and showing up to work directly with my clients. But then all of this other stuff kind of happens in the background as long as I'm creating content. And so I batch create all the content that I put out in Facebook groups and um, if I'm doing a Facebook live, like I, I put all that together on one day and then it kind of goes out through the week because of my amazing OBM.
0: (laughs) I've finally made the transition of not working 99% for clients and maybe 1% for myself. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't even Imagine going back.
1: Right. Yes. Listeners, you, you
0: have to give yourself time and mm-hmm. just just block it into your calendar. All will not fall apart if your clients don't get forty to eighty hours a week from you. It will be okay.
1: Right, and I think you can kind of train people what to expect too, oh, and, definitely. and choose choose your dream clients who will understand is a big part of it. Don't work for someone that expects you to hop on a call with them at 10 o'clock at night if that's not something you're comfortable doing and
0: kind
1: of weed out out who you want to work for and back to saying yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to every client that comes your way because that just makes room for more dream clients if you're saying no to people that aren't so ideal.
0: Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. Ellie, where can listeners find you online and learn more about you and what you do?
1: Um, so my website is com. So that, that last name is a tricky one. Um it's A-L-L-I-E B J E R K dot com. Um and then I do have a Facebook group that's a little baby Facebook group, but it's growing. Um it's called Elevate Your Empire. So it's it's all about community and lifting each other up and answering online questions and or questions about online marketing, I should say. So those are the two places that I hang out the most. And yeah feel free to send me a friend request too. So I love, I just love connecting with people. And that's why I love marketing because it's just all about people.
0: Fabulous. Listeners, those links and everything else that we've talked about, as well as a full transcription, will be at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp140. Allie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. Oh,
1: thank you... you so much.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Right back to you. Do you have a closing piece of advice or any words of wisdom for listeners that you would like to share?
1: I have a favorite quote that I would love to share, and that is, someday everything will make perfect sense. So for now, laugh at the confusion, smile through the tears, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. So just giving yourself the grace and growing your business and, um, you know, taking time for yourself and for your family and, and knowing that everything will happen as it should and just trusting the universe to help it happen. Um, and trusting the process I think is, would be my biggest piece of advice. Don't be impatient with yourself, (laughs) but just go for it and do things scared too.
0: Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast, and I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting TheKimSutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.